0: Looking at our world from a theological perspective. This is the Theology Central podcast, making theology central. Good Sunday afternoon to everyone. It is March the 27th, 2022. It is currently 2:46 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from Abilene, Texas, where it is currently 90-something degrees outside. Summer has arrived here in West Texas. But currently, at least for about three minutes, I have the room nice and cool. I've, I've had the, the window unit running all morning. I've got it nice and cool up here, but I had to turn the window unit off or it would give you all kinds of distractions. In the background, you'd be hearing the sound of it. So I've turned it off. So it probably will get warm here quickly. But you know what? You don't really care about any of that. But I we are going to have hopefully a very important conversation and I want it to be a conversation distraction free, where you're not hearing an air conditioning in the background, right? An air conditioning unit in the background. So, hopefully, a distraction free discussion because this discussion really is important enough. In fact, I hope everything we do is important enough to not, to, to try to prevent all of the distractions that I can prevent so that you can definitely listen and hopefully gain some very important spiritual insight and understanding. All right. Now, I don't know what day it was, but I saw a headline and the headline read, help, I've stopped caring about God. And I'm like, whoa, that's a headline. Help, I've stopped caring about God. I'm like, okay, I need to, I didn't have time at the moment to read the article, but I'm like, find that article, immediately save it in my notes because that, I want to go back and look at that. So when I opened it up, what's interesting is first the photograph under the headline. It's an individual. He is standing, he's, a, he's sitting at the end of like two tables that are put together and they're There are long ways and he's at the end of it. So there's this like this long, the photograph is like long, you know, kind of a long frame. He's at the very end of it. The room is dark. You can't really see the person's face and they have their hand. He has his chin resting on his hands just there in this dark room, completely alone. There's a, a window open behind him and the sky is kind of like a pinkish color so it's, it's a beautifully, it's, the photograph is beautiful, but it's very symbolic. Like he's just there in this dark room and he's clearly discouraged, depressed, and he's like, help, I've stopped caring about God. And right underneath the headline, we read these words. Why Christians slide into spiritual apathy and how they can recover. Why Christians slide into spiritual apathy. And how they can recover. Now that right there. just I hope that gets your attention. But let me ask you a very important question. Have you ever experienced spiritual apathy? Maybe you're struggling with it right now. Have you ever gone through periods. Where there's just a spiritual apathy there's just an apathy to your spiritual attitude let's let's define apathy apathy is defined this way definition of apathy two definitions number 1 lack of feeling or emotion lack of feeling or emotion Do you have a lack of feeling or emotion? In other words, there's no feeling. There's no emotion when it comes to God, the things of God, sermons, Bible study, theology, church history, doctrine, the Christian life. You're just, there's just no feeling or emotion. You're just completely, you're, you you just, there's just, it's just a deadness there. You're, You're like, whatever, whatever. You find yourself getting stronger feelings and emotions about so many different things, but there's really not much feeling or emotion when it comes to the things of God. Let me ask it this way. What gives you the strongest feeling or emotion? I mean, like, if, if you're honest, when, when people look at you and they're like, man, that person has strong feelings about that. That person, you can see their emotion about that. Like, if, if you were to just ask people who know you, man, they have strong feelings about that. They get excited about this. This makes them very si- sad. This makes them very happy. This makes them very excited. Would the things of God be the things that they would, they would uh, attach to your emotions and your feelings? Man, that person gets excited about the word of God. They have strong feelings about this. Or would it be, I don't know, your favorite hobby, your favorite movie, your favorite song, your favorite, your, your grandkids or your kids or, or your spouse or, or a, a favorite book. Like what, what is it that really gives you that feeling and emotion and why are those feelings and emotions greater than your feelings or emotions when it comes to the things of God? Have you, are you experiencing spiritual apathy, a lack of feeling or emotion pertaining to the things of God? Let's, let's add another definition to apathy. So number one, a lack of feeling or emotion. Number two, a lack of interest or concern. A lack of interest or concern. You're just not that interested and you're just not that concerned. I didn't read my Bible this week. Eh, not concerned. Have no interest to read my Bible. Have no interest to listen to a sermon. I didn't listen to a sermon this week. Eh, not interested. Uh, I I miss church. Uh, I miss church today. Eh, not really interested. Not really concerned. I miss church today, and I'm not interested or concerned to even listen to the sermons that my my church puts online. Not interested. Not concerned. Have you experienced spiritual apathy? That's what we're going to discuss, and we're going to look at this article, and this article is going to point us to a book, all right? It's going to point us to a book um, that I think is is very important, all right? Uh, So... Let's, let's do this. Let's read a little bit from this article and see what we can discover, and then we'll talk about it. I was going to kind of give you the book first, but we'll get to the book in a minute, and I definitely want to point you to the book. I have not read it yet. If you read it before I do, I would love to get your thoughts and opinions, and do you, do you think it's a, it's a good understanding of spiritual apathy, and do you think it has good solutions or bad solutions? Again, I could ask you another question. I love asking questions. What do you personally think is the solution to spiritual apathy? Can spiritual apathy simply be fixed with a rebuke? Don't be spiritually apathetic. Stop it. Can it just be fixed by saying, stop it. Don't be that way. Is, is it that simple or is it far more complex? Are there layers to spiritual apathy? All right. going to drop my pencil. Here we go. Here's the article. Again, help. I've stopped caring about God why Christians slide into spiritual apathy, and how they can recover. Let's begin with the first paragraph. Believers often describe the Christian life as a series of peaks and valleys with periods of joyful discipleship followed by seasons of spiritual listlessness. All right, I want you to hear that again. Believers often describe the Christian life as a series of peaks and valleys with periods of great joyful, joyful discipleship. You're excited. You can't you can't wait. Followed by seasons of kind of just a spiritual listlessness. Kind of a, just a spiritual, I hate to use the word deadness because, you know, there's a lot of theological implications coming with the idea of being spiritually dead and depravity before salvation. But I'm talking someone who is saved, but there's just a, there just seems to be no real spiritual passion or zeal or a hunger or a thirst or anything. There's just apathy. Now, when you, if you've been a Christian for any length of time, I, I, I bet you've been on this roller coaster. Like... Man, everything. I mean, you just open the Bible and it's like every verse is jumping off the page. Boom, 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 boom. Every sermon is like awesome, awesome, and you're reading your study and you're like, "Ooh, you're ready to rush hell with a water gun." You, you are that excited. And then, next thing you know, you're not reading, you're not studying, you're not listening to sermons, and you've got a just who cares kind of attitude. You'd, not only you don't care, you don't even care about hell, much less rushing hell with a water gun. You've put, the, you've put away the water gun and you've put away things. And I've seen people go through these and it can be very frustrating because sometimes you'll have these people who like one day they're like on the top of the spiritual mountain and they're like, let's do this and we need to do this and we need to do this and we need, and, and you need to, we need, you need to do this in the church and we need to do this and we need to have this activity and people need, and we need, we, we need, we need, and they're like, they're ready to go. And then about three weeks later. They're not even showing up to church. Like oh, three weeks ago, they're telling everyone, you know, people need to be showing up. People need to be doing this, and then three weeks later, the them themselves, they're not even showing up. And then you give it about six months, they're right back going, we need to do this, and we need to be doing this, and 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 we need to do this, and we need to do this, and you're like, and you just kind of looking at them like, okay, okay. Whatever, because I know in about six months you're not going to be anywhere to be found. You're not going to you you you're not going to be wanting to do anything. You you you've probably witnessed people who have their their when they are excited about God, man, they are excited about God, and everybody else should be as excited as they are. And then when they come crashing down, then you can't they can't even be bothered to 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 you know they can't be bothered with anything, and that is. That spiritual roller coaster is really just damaging to one's spiritual life. But I think it is a series of these peaks and valleys. Now, there is an author, he's a professor at Biola's University, Talbot School of Theology, who has written a book. The name of this book is Overcoming Apathy Gospel Hope for Those Who Struggle to Care. Overcoming Apathy gospel hope for those who struggle to care. Now that's an interesting, I like that kind of idea that there are some people out there who have to struggle to care. It's work for them to to care. Why is that? And I think there are others, and and a lot of this has to do with personality. We'll talk about this, but the name of the author, I'm going to spell his name, U-C-H-E, that's the first name, U-C-H-E, And the last name is A-N-I-Z-O-R. Okay, Uche Anazar, U-C-H-E, Uche Anazar. I I think that's the the best I'm going to go with. If I'm I'm saying the name wrong, I apologize, but I've never heard the name actually said. Uche Anazar, again, he is the professor at Biola's University Talbot School of Theology. He has written a book called Overcoming Apathy, Gospel Hope for Those Who Struggle to Care. Now, before I read anything else about them, if you pull, if you're a part of the Theology Central book club, which you should be, if you're a part of the Theology Central book club, it's absolutely free to be a part of and whenever I just add books there that I think may be interesting, whether I agree or disagree with them, but they're there. I've added the book, so you probably already got a notification. But the book again, Overcoming Apathy, Gospel Hope for those who struggle to care. Now, it's interesting. They have the date for the paperback is April 12th, 2022. Um, I think, you see, if we, let me look here. I'm going to go to paperback. All right, yes. Uh, it'll, it looks like, even though they got April 12th down, it looks like you can order it right now. I'm going to go to the Kindle version. Yeah, it looks like the Kindle version is available right now as well. So it looks like it is available. When I saw the date, I'm like, wait a minute, maybe it's not available. But it is. it seems it's available right now if you want to purchase it. For the Kindle, it's $11.99. For a paperback, it's $16.99. Please note, I don't get any money, have no connection with it. It's just a book about a very, very, very important subject, spiritual apathy. Here's some information about the book. Are you ready? Again, Overcoming Apathy, Gospel Hope for Those Who Struggle to Care understanding apathy and how to combat it. For many Christians, apathy can feel in, inescapable. They, they, they experience a lack of motivation and a growing indifference to important things, with some even struggling to care about anything at all. This listlessness can spill over into our spiritual lives, making it difficult to pray, read the Bible, or engage in our communities. How we res- Have we resigned ourselves to apathy? Do we recognize it as a sin? How can we fight against it? Now, I'm just going to throw in a thought here. I think some people, look, every human being is very unique and different. Right, this, is just, this is just a very important concept. Every person is unique and different. Some people are just excitable about everything. Right? If if you've ever been around me, even even watching movies, I, I mean I'm laughing, I'm talking back to the screen, I'm standing up, sitting down. When I read a book, a novel, I typically pace and walk around talking to the book, talking to the characters. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you what why are you doing that? I get ex- if it's a sporting event, whatever. It's excitement, 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 excitement. Talk about it, talk about it, talk loud about it. Excited, 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 excited. And typically I'm looking at other people I'm like why, why why don't you think this funny? Why don't you think this is a style? Sc- exciting. Why don't you think this is the most amazing thing ever? And typically people are just looking at me like, could you just stop talking and go away? You're exhausting. All right. That's me. Other people are just like, a bomb goes off and they're like, yeah, okay, whatever. Right? Whatever. Like they're, they're, they're not that excitable. They're, they're, there's just a, a lack of emotion. So on one hand, A lot of times what accounts for this is just our own unique makeup. And so you don't want to condemn someone who just has a different makeup than you. You've got to be very careful with that, right? Not everyone's going to react the same way. Not everyone's going to do everything the same way. And the last thing we want to do is try to create clones and make everyone be the same. We are unique in our makeup. But this becomes a problem when this kind of casual, carefree attitude begins to have major negative impact in one spiritual life where they're kind of like, yeah, well, you know, I don't really care, Bible, Jesus, church, and they're just kind of an indifferent attitude. They may never be as excitable as you, but we want to definitely help them not slide into spiritual apathy. Some people who are way, 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 way excitable, in some cases, when when they finally... In some cases, they go through major ups and downs. Like the one who's not very excitable sometimes has a kind of a consistency, which can be good. And sometimes the people who are very emotional can have these wild ups to downs, like way up, way down. And that can be devastating. What we need is a right spiritual temperature. I'm going to say it this way, a right spiritual attitude where we are consistently, we care and have a zeal and a passion for God. It may manifest itself differently in, uh, in each individual, but we have to have some level of passion and zeal for God. I mean, we, you probably know this scripture. Let me go to Psalm, I believe it's Psalm 42. I'm going to read it in a number of translations. You probably know this one. Psalm 42, 1. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. New Living Translation, as the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God, ESV. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. Have you ever experienced that kind of thirst, that longing for God, this like passionate longing and thirst and hunger and desire for God and the things of God? Many people, I think in their spiritual life, have never truly encountered that or experienced that. This, this is one thing that really I, I struggled with earlier in my Christian life was I couldn't seem to find anyone who was even halfway excited about the Bible or the things of God. Now, in some cases, I took that to mean that I was more spiritual than them and I was more godly than them. And then, of course, that was all obviously a foolish perspective to take because then you realize, well, okay, they may not have the same passion and zeal doesn't mean they don't care about the things of God. What we're talking about is when you slide over into an actual spiritual apathy where you're just indifferent, no feeling, no emotion, and you just don't care and you stop doing the things you're supposed to be doing. So this book, Overcoming Apathy, A Gospel Hope for Those Who Struggle to Care, is there to try to fix that. Let me read again that first paragraph and we'll move on. All right, here we go. Understanding apathy and how to combat it. For many Christians, apathy can feel inescapable. They experience a lack of motivation and a growing indifference to important things, with some even struggling to care about anything at all. This listlessness can spill over into our spiritual lives, making it difficult to pray, read, or engage in our communities. How we have we resigned ourselves to apathy? Do we recognize it as a sin? And how can we fight against it? And overcoming apathy... Theology professor Uche Anazar explains what apathy is and gives practical biblical advice to break the cycle. Inspired by his conversations with young Christians, as well as his own experience with apathy, Anazar takes a fresh look at the widespread problem and its effect on spiritual maturity. First, he highlights the prevalence of apathy in our culture, using examples from TV, movies, and social media. Next, he turns to theologians, philosophers, and psychologists to further define apathy. Finally, Anazar explores causes, cures, and healthy practices to boldly overcome apathy in daily life, taking believers from spiritual lethargy to Christian zeal. This short book is an excellent resource for those struggling with apathy, as well as parents, mentors, and friends who want to support someone in need. And then it goes on to say, explore the individual and cultural experience of apathy, examines the nature and, uh, and experience of apathy, drawing insights from scripture, theology, pop- popular culture, and more. Practical steps for dealing with ap- apathy, identify seven causes as well as healthy habits to fight against indifference. And then accessible for students and mentors, a great guide for high school and college students, those who counsel them, youth and young adults, pastors, teachers, and anyone struggling with apathy or or who knows someone who is. Again, that is Overcoming Apathy, Gospel Hope for Those Who Struggle to Care, Uche Anizar, A-N-I-Z-O-R. It is available now on Amazon or probably wherever you get your books. Please take, just take a look at it and see what you think. Am I saying this is solve the problem? I cannot say that. What I can say is any discussion on the problem is very welcomed because many Christians struggle with it. And I think what happens is you have, have a little bit of spiritual apathy. Here, here's, here's what I think happens, and I think this is a very important uh, cycle. To un- there, I think there's a, a circle here about apathy that makes it so deadly. You You begin to experience spiritual apathy, and so you stop caring about the things of God, and it's the very it's the things of God. Really, that's the only cure to apathy. So, in other words, apathy cuts you off from the very things that can fix it and are supposed to overcome it. So you're apathetic, which keeps you away from, in a sense, the things of God, where you can you can God's word is necessary, church, all of these different things. Well. You can't just, I mean, how do you break out of it when the very things that will help you break out of it are the very things you're apathetic about? So you become apathetic, you avoid the things of God, which is increase, increases your apathy. And it just continues in the circle. Just, you just keep running around in a circle of spiritual apathy, complacency, deadness to the things of God, which being impacts your spiritual growth and your spiritual everything, which then can lead you to, well, can lead you to some sin. Spiritual apathy cuts you off from the very things that will fix it. And then that, and then once you're cut off, you, the apathy increases, and the apathy increases can lead to a major sin in your life. All right, uh, they go on to say here, um, okay, so here's what they do. They're going to interview Uche Anasar about his book. And we're just going to read a little bit of this interview and see what you think about it. Here we go. What motivated you? to write a book on apathy among Christians. The author responds, there are two motivations. One comes from my own experience early on in my Christian life, particularly when I worked with Campus Crusade for Christ. Basically, my or, or, okay. let me read this again. One comes from my experience early on in my Christian life, particularly when I worked with Campus Crusade for Christ. Basically, my job was to mentor students and do regular evangelism. However, there were many days when I would dread facing those monumental spiritual tasks. It troubled me. I had raised support to do this, but when it came time to do it, I didn't really want to. Fear of evangelism was probably a factor, but overall, there was a general blondness in my attitude. During that time, I told people over and over that my main vice as a Christian was being an apathetic person. So I wanted to get my mind around why that was. So here's a person who was like involved in ministry but almost had a bladdness didn't really want to do it. Now that that's that's kind of a, a frightening thing, but it can happen to anyone. Right? It, it there's just a uh, I don't I don't really care. 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 The, the the time I this had a, a profound impact on on my life if I go back a number of years when I, I was dealing with physical health problems right my with my seizures were out of control there were just I was having seizures and seizures and seizures I was going through all kinds of d- difficult things with that and I was just I was that was leading to one thing but somehow that led to almost a spiritual apathy. And I just really stopped caring. I didn't care about turning on a microphone. I didn't really care about going to church. I, I just became kind of really spiritually apathetic and a lot of issues. And then the next thing you know, I found, found myself in some major problems and, and struggles and failures. And it, it, it was a it was a bad period in my Christian life. It was a bad period in my Christian life. Um, no excuses. I mean, it's, it's my fault. But I'm just saying it, it, a lot of things can lead to it. A discouragement can lead to spiritual apathy. Frustration, bitterness, unforgiveness, so much can, can lead to it, all right? But this person just became blah. And, and, but the person acknowledged that their main vice was being an apathetic person. My other motivation comes from having mentored a lot of students during many years at Biola. They struggle with typical stuff, but I think the main thing is just not caring about their spiritual life. Intellectually, they know the importance of knowing theology, loving Jesus, and living the Christian life, but they can't get themselves to care the way they know deep down they should. So here, here's people knowing that they should care, theoretically, but in practice, they just don't really care. They just don't really care. I, I remember, and this did, not, this did not really sit well with a lot of people, but I remember when I was teaching through the London Baptist Confession of Faith. And we opened up the London Baptist Confession of Faith, and the first paragraph in the London Baptist Confession of Faith was on the scriptures. And as we were going, it had all this lofty language about the Word of God, being inspired, being inerrant, being infallible. It is the Word of God. It's this amazing book. And so as we were teaching it, as I was teaching it, I just felt this overwhelming like conviction of we're all hypocrites. Everybody's like, oh, the word of God, the Bible, don't, now you don't mock it. You don't criticize it. You don't deny it. You better not do anything to it. Christians will get really emotional and upset if you say anything negative about it. But I'm like, we're saying all of this lofty language about the word of God, but does anyone really believe these words and the sense of it means something to you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, so that you're reading it, you're memorizing it, you're studying it. Do you really care? And I'll never forget that I stopped and and spent some time teaching the Bible study methods. I, I don't even know if I went through all 12, but I went through a number of them, right? And I'm like, okay, everyone, we're going to do these methods and you're going to turn in your assignments. And guess what happened? Maybe after one, I, well, one, no, not, the first thing that happened is not everyone even bothered to participate in doing the Bible study exercise. They just looked at me like I'm not doing them and I don't care. So that was already number one. I couldn't even get everyone to do them. And then number two, the few people who did do them dropped out by the time we got to the second or third or fourth Bible study exercise, which then immediately began to demonstrate everyone loves to talk about how great God's word is, but no one really has a passion and a zeal for God's word. So what you saw was just a, "Eh, whatever, I don't care. I'm not interested. I'm indifferent. If I know how to study it, I know how to study. I don't care. I don't need to know the study methods. I don't care. Just an indifference. I think there's a lot of Christians who know that they should have a passion, but that they, it's just not there. It's just not there. All right, so his two motivations is what he experienced, and then trying to mentor other people who experienced the same thing. All right, they go on and ask another question. When it comes to the pull of apathy, do you see any generational differences? That's an interesting question. There is, and the author responds there is apathy in every generation, but different people process and evaluate it in different ways. The irony right now is that younger people are far more emotionally aware than their elders. They are aware of their internal world, aware enough to want to talk about it openly. But I'm not sure that awareness leads them to deal with what's going on inside. Their friends might say, yeah, I totally connect with that. But they're all stuck in this self-affirming mire. So in other words... What, what they're saying is that the younger generation may be very open to acknowledge what's going on. They may be very open and in tune with their attitude, with their emotion. They're in tune with it. They, they, they will say, yes, I affirm that, I understand that, but nobody really does anything about it. Where the older generation seems to be less in touch with actually what's going on, are less likely to acknowledge it or be willing to admit it. I don't know if you see the same thing but amongst generational differences. But that is an interesting observation. They go on to say this. Per- perhaps previous generations were less emotionally aware. Uh, even if they had feelings of apathy, they would just persist in putting their heads down and getting the job done. Whereas members of this emotionally aware generation may stop doing something when they don't feel genuine passion. If they're feeling apathetic about the things of God, they're just less inclined to continue pursuing those things. Now, that's an interesting Perspective. Let's, let's let's use it this way. The older generation may not feel like going to church, but they will just do it out of the sake of duty. The older generation may not want to necessarily read their Bible, but they may do it out of a sense of duty, where the younger generation will be like, I don't feel the passion for it, I don't feel the desire, so I'm not going to church. They're, in other words, they're not going to push through the lack of, uh, lack of emotion, they're just going to say, I'm just not going to do it. Because it, I bet you, in many cases, the younger generation will feel like to do that without the passion or want to is hypocritical, so I'm not going to be hypocritical. Now, you can see the positives and, and negatives of each, right? Yeah, it's wonderful that you're going to church. It's wonderful that you're trying to do that. But if you have no real desire to do it, and you're just doing it out of duty's sake and a burden... <laughs> that can be very in uh, that that leads to a very non-authentic re- faith with Christ and it just becomes kind of just mere external show that's a bad thing the good thing is though maybe by continuing to do that you break through the apathy like you may go through a period of quote unquote just faking it but maybe through just remaining uh, keeping yourself around god's word and the preaching of god's word you break out of the apathy because that's the very thing you need On the other hand, the other side looks really good because like, I'm not going to fake it and I'm not going to pretend. Well, that's wonderful. But if you just stop being around all the things of God, there's no way to fix the apathy. So we could have an interesting conversation about that. They go in and ask another question. How would you distinguish between apathy and close cousins like depression, despondency, and what might be called dry spells. This is an interesting discussion. It is important to note, now this is what the author says, it is important to note that I'm not using the term apathy in a clinical sense, but instead as it pertains to the things Christians purportedly value, the things of God. So this is not a clinical definition. It's, he's, the author is referring to, you're a Christian, you purport, you claim that you value the Word of God. Again, go back to my London Baptist Confession of Faith experience. Here we are, we're, we're studying a confession about the doctrinal truths of God's word. And everybody in the church was going to be like, amen, amen. Man, we're not like those liberals. We don't deny the Bible. We believe the Bible. We believe the word of God. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can give them all kinds of things about, that's right, the church is the bride of Christ. Yeah, the church, the church. Okay, but then... <laughs> Do they really, they they purport to value these things, but then in action, well, I'm not going to actually study the Bible. I'm not going to actually memorize the Bible. I'm not going to actually go to church. Then you you realize you don't really value it. You're apathetic towards it. So he's using it in that sense. These are things you purport to value, but you're apathetic towards them. So that's how the author is using the term. He goes on to say, there is an overlap between, this kind of spiritual apathy, and depression. But there are certain characteristics unique to each. Depression relates to things like suicidal ideation and pervasive lack of energy or motivation in every area of life. I think that's important. If you completely just have a problem in every area of life, you may have a deeper issue. But what I've seen is a lot of people who are just spiritually apathetic, but just listen to them talk. Just, just listen to them talk. Man, that doesn't sound very apathetic about your grandkids. That doesn't sound very apathetic about your, I don't know, your scrapbooking club or your or whatever. You you, you don't seem very apathetic about hunting. You don't sound very apathetic about your new truck. You don't sound very apathetic about, you know, your favorite football team. In other words, you can hear in many cases, people who clearly are not apathetic, but they're clearly apathetic when it comes to the word of God. Then that's spiritual apathy. Now, if they're just... And they've lost, you know, any emotion over everything in life. Then you may be dealing with something far deeper, like depression, right? So I think it is important to draw a distinction there. Um, Apathy, however, tends to be more selective. With the young men, with the young men I've mentioned, they are not apathetic about everything. They might be quite excited about gaming or their girlfriends or the L.A. Lakers. Depression tends to be more pervasive and it might require therapy or other forms of treatment that wouldn't necessarily apply to apathy. As for despondency, I define it as a deep sadness or bewilderment, especially as it pertains to the things of God. If we're dealing with despondency rather than apathy, what the despondent person needs most is to be comforted. With dry spells, or what we might call the dark nights of the soul, we're dealing with something that, is that, something that is good and divinely orchestrated. God intends it for our good. The person going through the dry spell just needs to per, 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 persevere through it and press into God, okay? It's a little churchy language there. I am not. I, I kind of see dry spells and apathy, or, or I, I kind of see them a little bit more similar, but okay, all right, we, we, could, we could have a discussion there. They go on. I'm trying to hurry here. They they ask the question, in the book, you outline several possible causes of apathy from the situational to the spiritual. How can someone untangle these possible causes? And the author responds, many people are bewildered by their apathy. In the book, I present seven possible causes, a mix of internal and external factors, I'm aware that I could have come up with more, but the goal is simply to offer some aids to self-diagnosis. Some mirrors to help assess where you are. Perhaps, for example, my description of spiritual doubt rings true to you. Or perhaps you've been immersed in triviality and stopped caring about basically everything. Or perhaps you've just stopped doing anything that pertains to God, and so naturally you've grown indifferent. If any of those causes don't seem to fit, just move on to the next one. The book is meant to be something of a conversation partner. So in other words, the book is really to try to just help you start thinking about it, trying to figure out what could be leading to your spiritual apathy. Now, we could have a whole discussion about trying to figure out why or what causes it. I think at some point we have to just try to figure out what can get us past it. I mean, sometimes maybe the cause is clear. Maybe sometimes the the cause isn't clear. I, I just don't want I don't want anyone to get you know bogged down. Like, well, I've been trying to figure out what's causing my spiritual apathy for 17 years, and I'm still spiritually apath apathetic. Sometimes you got to forget the cause and figure out how to get out of it and how to move past it. And how, I think that's very important. All right, now let's move on here. Um, back to the author or no, back to the the interviewer asking the question to the author. In your own case, you describe how your season of apathy arose from both doubt and depression. Can spiritual and non-spiritual causes reinforce one another? The author responds. Apathy can have causes that aren't obviously moral or spiritual. Think of grief, for example. Scripture doesn't treat grief as as problematic or sinful. We all grieve even if we aren't meant to grieve like those who have no hope. So even though grief is an amoral category, it can contribute to hopelessness, which is something that tends towards apathy. There are other things like consuming media or experiencing certain forms of doubt that may not be inherently problematic, but can lead to apathy if they are mishandled or overindulged. Next, the, uh, the uh, interviewer asks, you recommend combating apathy through a cultivating, mixing a military metaphor with the language of gardening. Why this combination? The combat metaphor communicates that we're called to engage in real spiritual battle uh, with, with the flesh and with the enemy. This is not passive. Christianity is not let go, let go, let God. We're engaged in an actual battle. However, this battle doesn't turn around on some, turn on some decisive moment where I take out my sword of the spirit, recite some scripture, slay the devil, and move on with life. Overcoming apathy involves cultivating a life of virtue, of integrity, and of holiness. So, that's interesting. It's, he uses a military metaphor and a guarding metaphor. That, that's kind of an interesting approach to the whole subject. All right. And then, okay, I'm almost done. Now, this is interesting. You write about the importance of cultivating community, affection, meaning, mission, generosity, and fortitude. What has been most important in your journey away from spiritual apathy? Now, of course, you know what word they're going to say. I would say community, both church and community and Christian community, broadly speaking. Being with God's people kept me going in my drier seasons, especially when wrestling with doubt. Simply being with normal Christians and taking part in life of the church has been key. It has been helpful to have close friendships with people who are passionate. I realized that it was critical not to spend time only with people who were stuck like me, I'm not saying we cast off people who are struggling, but it's important to have some accountability on this issue, especially from those who are fighting for zeal and, and are, are real examples of it. Now, again, everything in the church today is always supposedly fixed with the magic word community. Community is the buzzword. It's been a buzzword now for a long time. Community, 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 community. Very emergent church language in certain ways. But I understand what people are trying to say. Yes. But here's the thing. It's, it, again, I, I think we have to acknowledge this. When you become spiritually apathetic, the last thing you want to do is be in church. The last thing you want to do is be around God's people. The last thing you want to do is be around a group of people studying the Bible. So apathy will literally keep you from the very thing that will supposedly fix it. So what they're saying is you feel apathetic, but you've got to push through that apathy and go put yourself in a situation where you're around people who care about the things of God so that it will help combat your apathy. That's it's probably easier said than done, but I just... I think it's interesting. The very thing that they point to to fix it is the very thing you're apathetic towards. <laughs> you know, I'm saying that, yeah, I think something to consider. And then here's the, the last question. Uh, they asked the author, what is your greatest hope for this book? I hope those who are struggling with apathy can get a clear sense that God is for them and with them. The Father has given us his Son and his Spirit, which empowers us to move beyond apathy in our lives. I hope this book can give people real hope that change is possible even if there is no silver bullet fixes. Apathy isn't destiny. Ideally, the book can offer some tools to help people take baby steps towards overcoming it. Again, it's called overcoming apathy, gospel hope for those who struggle to care. I would challenge you to take a look at the book, especially if you struggle with spiritual apathy. If you do look, if you do read the book, let, I, want it, I want you to know it was not helpful at all, or man. 87% of the book was complete garbage, but these couple of pages here were gold and I really, really appreciate it. Or this book was amazing from start to finish, whatever. I would love to get what you, what you discover from it. I My natural state is one that's very just not, I'm not apathetic. It just I'm not a very apathetic person in any way, shape or form. Um, so I have a hard time in many cases, counseling people here. I've experienced at least one major spell of spiritual apathy in my life. One big one. And that was a lot related to my seizures. Uh, It really was. Um, but then that spiritual apathy was absolutely devastating to my spiritual life. And it was, I mean, so, I mean, it, it was a vicious circle. I just think that. When you start feeling spiritual apathy, you just have to double. And, and I'm just going to say this: I mean, there's no easy way through this. There's no silver bullet to just fight it. But I think you just got to pick up that Bible. You gotta, you gotta get that notebook, and you just got to spend time in God's Word, day in and day out, with systematic Bible study. You, you gotta, you gotta engage using a Bible study method. You've got to just study and 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 spend time fighting against the apathy because. If you don't fight it, it's going to win. It's it's that simple. I mean, it's a it's a it's a negative force that you have to engage head on. I just, to me, I mean, I think of it this way. This is the reason I keep pointing this because I'm thinking of it from a scriptural perspective. Very important passage of scripture. We sing it as a scripture song in our church. Psalm chapter 19. Psalm chapter 19, starting in verse seven. Look at what it says about God's word and look at what it does. The law of the Lord is perfect. God's word is perfect. Converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. God's word converts. God's word makes wise. God's word brings rejoicing. The commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. It's God's word that's going to, to break through. It, it, it's got to be a constant just studying and studying and studying. And it may be a struggle at first. And at first, it may be that you're doing it simply out of an academic, almost like in an academic, cold, technical way. And you're losing that passion and joy. But I think the more, the more you're exposed to it, sooner or later, it will break through through that apathy, unless that apathy is deeper into like some kind of depression. But you're going to see that, that you're, you don't care about anything in your life. But a lot of people who may start trying to make an excuse saying, well, I'm just apathetic about everything, you just listen to them talk. It doesn't take long to realize you're not apathetic about everything. And, I, and I've said it before, you go to a, a typical church fellowship where supposedly all the Christians are there that are, that are supposedly so important in helping you with spiritual apathy, because everyone says community is the solution. But I hang out with a bunch of Christians at a Christian fellow, at a church fellowship. How many people are even talking about scripture or the things of God or what they're learning in their Christian life or what they're studying or what they're reading or sermons they are listening to? No, they're talking about their kids, the weather uh, here in Texas, hunting, football, their, their, their new car, It's ju- their job. It's just there's nothing going on about the things of God in any way, shape or form because they're usually more passionate and excited about everything other than the things of God. It's just, I've, I've been talking about this my whole Christian life. I, I, I'll never understand why, but it's just the case. Apathy. Are you struggling with that today? If you are, consider getting the book that I think will be very helpful and beneficial. And if you do look at All right. We've lost internet connection, so we're going to just wrap this up right here. All right. Everyone have a good day. God bless.